0: Well, uh, Publius, uh, this is, I know you've spoke with Mark before, but uh, this is our, you know, I think a good opportunity for us to have a, have a cool conversation here. And I think that Mark is certainly one of the, one of the more educated people, um, you know, he was just giving us a, a really good explanation of the, the DAO hack in the in Ethereum's history. So, you know, I'm really just here to, you know, put this together. I really want the, you know, the two minds here to, <laughs> to have a good conversation.
1: Yeah, well, uh, thank you for inviting me. I mean, I didn't know you guys. I mean, three weeks ago, I hadn't really, I not I hadn't really encountered beans yet. So it's it's kind of funny that, like, you know, suddenly now I'm on stage with you guys. So, <laughs> so hello and uh, thank it's you. It's a inviting roller coaster me. for all of us, Mark. Yeah, and I look. I said this uh, before you got on, but uh, look, I feel for you. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur over the last thirty years on many occasions, and uh, there's always some version of uh, this disaster that happens to every company. Some of them, some of them never get known. Some of them are never public. Uh, some of them are exceedingly public and far worse than this. Right. So, uh, and, and to, to the founders, the amount of stress that you feel is just insane. And a lot of people that have never dared to step out on the cliff, um, themselves don't really understand just how stressful this can be. So, uh, I applaud you guys for, you know, shouldering, you know, shouldering forward, uh, uh, doxing yourselves and also uh, knuckling down and figuring out a way forward. I really super applaud your courage on all those fronts.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that tremendously. We we appreciate that tremendously. I mean, from my perspective, the thing that was just such an eye opener was the response from the community. Uh, after what happened on Sunday morning, uh, frankly, I thought we were, you know, we were dead. You know, uh, like really, like it's hard to imagine coming back from a set. You, how much, how much of your money did you lose? It's like, well, we, we collectively as a Dow lost one hundred percent of our money. It's like, uh, oh, that, that's as bad as it gets. You know. So, how do you recover from that? But over the course of Sunday and even into Monday, uh, over two dozen of the people that were working on. Beanstalk prior to the attack reached out to us and basically said, Hey, uh, we're not going anywhere. We intend to keep working on Beanstalk uh, and we hope you guys do too. And I mean, if that's not, I mean, it was really quite the humbling uh, humbling experience having so many of the people we've been working together with over the past uh, nine months, you know, who now most of them have been paid, right? Uh, beanstalk Farms, uh has people that are paid uh most of them now are not able to get paid a lot of them have quit their normal jobs and are working on beanstalk and their attitude is we're not we're not going anywhere this is worth fighting for and uh just have felt so inspired and so appreciate the kind words but from our perspective we've really been inspired by our community and uh hoping just to do our part in getting beanstalk back up and running
1: yeah, I mean, I think the thing, I mean, uh, the way I look at things like this, and, and frankly, I looked at uh, when the whole Wonderland and MIM thing went down and MIM completely depegged for, well, didn't completely depeg. It depegged a little bit for a while. Uh, and then it came back to its peg after Do Kwon removed uh, 100% of his UST MIM liquidity from Curve. Um, in, in my mind, that actually, in retrospect now, that was a massive stress test, which MIM survived. And so it's a positive. And what we now know about you guys uh, are you, you know, first of all, we know your names. right? So we know there's real humans behind it. We didn't know that before. right? We, we just didn't know who you were. So that it's a positive now that we know who you are. And we also now know that you don't buckle under stress. You don't give up. And that's new information. So that makes, uh, you know, you've survived your own stress test. We don't know yet whether the, the protocol is coming back. We, we know that you're doing everything you can to bring it back. Um, so we're not quite there yet, but we we know a lot more than we did, you know, back when there was nothing and you first started. So some questions have been answered that were never answered before.
2: Well, that's a glass half full approach. And from our perspective, there's a lot to be proven. The protocol has a lot to prove. And in the same way that being at 24 cents was a major opportunity for being stock to prove itself. And in the same way that being at 1600% debt level, was a major way opportunity for Beanstock to prove itself uh why not a 76 million dollar hole be 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 a great opportunity for Beanstock to prove itself so uh yeah the glass half full attitude uh can go really far here
1: okay so where do you guys want to do you guys want to repeat things for uh that were gone over in the town hall at all to sort of summarize for everyone who's new kind of what happened and where we are and what the plan is going forward. And you just want to jump into other stuff.
2: We'll do whatever you want to do, Mark. This is a, uh, this is your space as far as I'm concerned. And if you just, you know, if you have questions for us or you wanted to just chat about whatever, we'll, 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 ride this roller coaster with you.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to assume most people know, you know, know what happened. They know there was a hack. They know how much was, was drained. They know that there's a plan to come back to life. Um, Let's, let's do this. Why don't you describe briefly, you know, keeping in mind most people probably know this already, what the plan to come back is. So
2: the, the thought, there's been a, a ton of discussion within the community and lots of tweaks and stuff being made. Uh, it's kind of amazing all the great ideas that everyone's been able to put forward and synthesize together. Um, in effect, there's two parts really three parts to the, the reset. Um, the, the, the second part is the meat uh, around which uh, things are easy to understand, I would think, which is uh, effectively leveraging the credit mechanism of the protocol to attract as much of the $76 million via uh, debt or lending as possible. So over the course of the thought is three days or so, Uh, Beanstalk is going to try to auction off 76 million soil or up to 76 million soil. And the weather is going to start at 20% or so and increase 1% every 10 minutes for three days. And the thought is that will facilitate something similar to the normal weather mechanism and demand for soil mechanism, but obviously much simpler and expedited given the circumstances.
3: Now,
1: go ahead. Let me let me just explain this, because I think this is I know I now understood what you said, uh, but I think I think for a lot of people, it's still possibly confusing. So when you say so, basically, the bean protocol has within it, it based, the bean protocol basically has two things that it needs to do. One is if uh, bean is above the peg, if it's worth more than a dollars, more than one dollar, it has to hand out more bean to bring the peg back down to a dollar, right? If there's more bean floating around out there, now bean is worth less, right? So that's when you hand out the candy. That's where you reward people who have helped the protocol in some way. The other thing it's got to do is if, if, it's starting to, if, the, do, if the peg is starting to float below a dollar is it has to incentivize people to give you their bean so that removes bean from circulation and makes the bean that's out there more valuable by a supply and demand. So uh, the way you do that. Is through this pod mechanism where you basically say, give us your bean. Uh, the weather is kind of, you know, the rate at which you'll be paid the bonus, what you'll get for, um, you know, putting it, putting your bean in a pod. So it, it, when I was doing it, when I when I, towards the end of know right before the hack, the rate was something like 60 to one payback. The weather was 6,000 percent in your parlance. And so which is pretty awesome, but there was no soil. So you know it was above, the at the time, Bean was floating above the peg, so therefore you did not allow people to purchase pods. Now when you purchase these pods, you know the rate at which you're going to be paid back, 60 to one or whatever it is, but you don't know when that's going to happen, and that's the pod line. You know where you are in the line, and it's basically when the, when the system was hacked, uh, it was worth about 110 million, I think, And the pod line itself was about 600 million long. So, because you were paying out to both silo holders and pod holders, um, it was roughly double that. So, I wouldn't get paid out. So, if I put something, if I bought some pods at that at that moment when the protocol was worth 110 million, it would not. I would not be paid out 60 to one until the protocol was worth roughly uh, 1.2 billion, something like that, and then my payout would come out. So if the protocol grew really fast, uh, I, would, I would be paid out very quickly, maybe three or four months, or it might have taken a year or something like that. But it wasn't unreasonable at the rate at which it was growing that it would be sometime within a year. Did I summarize that correctly? Uh,
2: it's it's uh, quite impressive, uh, Mark, uh,
1: to hear you state it uh, so eloquently. I'm glad I understood it. I'm glad I wasn't sitting here saying something that was completely wrong. <laughs> so thank yeah. you. Very kind. Of
2: you. Yeah. So, so the the maybe just to continue, the, the idea for this fundraiser is to have a new pod line, right, where uh, it's unclear, particularly given the fact that all of the liabilities in the system are at this point really liabilities, right? There was all this uh, BDV in the silo, bean denominated value in the silo that was Stolen in non beanstock assets, and now you have all these pods and all this stock and all this beans that are kind of worthless. And so the question is, how can you attract some sort of bailout in a way that leverages the core mechanism of the protocol without, you know, totally restarting Beanstalk? You know, maintaining some of its liabilities and obligations, but potentially not all of them, such that there's a path forward. If that makes sense.
1: Yep, it does.
2: And so when we think about how to incentivize that, the thought is to have this new pod line where, you know, whereas before, as you were saying, you have to get in the back of the 600, 700 million dollar line and it's unclear how long maybe it'll take a year for you to get paid back, even though you lock in this 58x. But um, because of the nature of trying to get in a large amount of capital in a short period of time, the thought is to create a new pod line where you're now at zero in line going forward until this new pod line is paid back, all new bean mints will go one third, one third, one third uh, to the new pod line, the old pod line and stockholders. So a slight deviation from the old minting schedule, but not that far of a deviation. And the, the bidding, the auction will start at 20%. So someone can get in the front of the line for 20%. And then the weather will increase 1% every 10 minutes for three days up to four 400 plus percent or so uh and the thought is over those couple of days and again there's there, there will in theory be this bidding process beforehand uh being stock will hopefully be able to reacquire a lot of the capital that was lost
1: yeah so just to be sure i'm clear on this so new pod line starts up like day one uh it starts at 20 percent, but i'm first in line to get paid out so i you know if i show up with a uh, hundred dollars uh, within like a couple blocks. Now I got $120. That's correct. Right. In
2: theory. Now it wouldn't be a couple blocks per se, because there will be some time between, uh, the, the auction or the sewing period and when Beanstalk is restarted. So the three periods are the bidding period, the, the sewing period, and then finally the, uh, the restart. But in short, you know, between whenever the restart happens, if you're at the first in line, you would expect it to be a very short period of time before you're paid back.
1: Understood. It's not block its epochs in your system, seasons. It's by season. your yeah It needs to be restarted, but yes. Yeah, got it. Okay. That makes sense. And then up it goes until, yeah. So basically people can bid on, yeah, they can just wait and see. Yeah. So it is an auction. It, it is, it is, it's just another auction. So that's super interesting. It's interesting that you have a mechanism already built in to boot this back up again. And now when people get in the pod line, you're going to have them pay with Ethereum, right? Like that's basically the coin of the realm. I guess it's the only way in. Well, we were
2: thinking it might be USDC or Recurve or some sort of stable
1: coin. Oh, really? So you're going to go with stable coins and not Ethereum this time around? Well, because there will be time between when the funds are stock is able to raise the funds
2: and when the thing is restarted and we don't want e volatility to right
1: and change the value. That makes sense. Okay, so yeah it will be a stable so you'll do this uh so it'll be a stable stable pool yeah I, like- huh e volatility
2: uh you know <laughs> yeah yeah no it
1: really makes sense in the stable space. so yeah yeah so I assume you'll do it on curve not uniswap v2 right correct that is the other thought got it that makes sense right maximum stability okay you well i mean i think we all feel like i think we're all feeling the need for maximum stability right now so i think that's a that's a good decision um yeah there's also a lot of
2: complexity associated with doing multiple pools at launch right you have this pool that was just raised by beanstalk it's much easier to deploy it into a single pool than to do multiple pools and to figure out what distribution uh so the thought is start with a single pool.
1: Yeah, I agree. Agreed. So basically, if you were in the old pod line, because you basically had four... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mixing up silos. Let's talk about the silo now, because this, this is a bit confusing to me. If I am... Um, so when you reboot this whole thing back up, uh, the silo will once again be summoned into existence in the state it was in before the hack, right? So... If I had 100 beans in a silo, uh, when this thing comes back to life, now I got 100 beans in the silo again, right?
2: Assuming that 100% of the fundraiser is filled.
1: Oh, okay, right. So, if it's, so, the percent, so it's based on the percentage.
2: Correct. If 50% of the fundraiser is filled, then you'd have 50
1: beans. Okay, and by, and by fundraise, you mean the new pod line.
2: The barn raiser, whatever you want to call it, the seventy-six million soil event.
1: Right. Okay. So, what? How will I know when? Okay. So, wh- how will I know when the new? Let me, let me ask it this way. So, I'm assuming by that you mean the new pod line, right? There is no other way in which you're raising money.
2: Correct. So, there will be this event, right, where there's seventy-six million soil. There will be the bidding period for a week, in theory then there will be this three-day period where the the auction actually happens, where the weather starts to climb from 20%. Um, At the end of that three-day period, there will be some amount of soil left. It may be zero. It may be 75 million, right? Right. So uh, whatever percentage is remaining, that will effectively be the haircut that everybody receives. So if if, if there was a – 30% remaining, everyone will take 30% haircut.
1: Okay. Got it. So my $100 will now be $70 in the silo, should that happen, the way you just described.
2: Correct. And so whether it was beans or uh, LP tokens um, and stock, obviously, associated with the beans or LP tokens, or not, if you just had circulating beans, let's call it, um, uh, or farmable beans, uh, where you just had one stock, Everything will get scaled by whatever that percent is. Got it. That's okay. the thought that I think makes sense, such that all of the liabilities of Beanstalk will scale with however much money it's able to raise. So, if, if Beanstalk is able to, in this debt event, raise all of the 76 million, no one needs to take a haircut. But if it's only able to raise 50%, then everyone takes a 50% haircut. The system is totally reset to the state it was before, except scaled back. And now, you know, whenever it's restarted, it can effectively resume as before. Yeah, i no, the, the governance will be uh, off. Uh, for, you know, there will be no on-chain governance for the time being.
1: Yeah, I'm getting there. We're not, we're not quite there yet. But, yes, I'm going to go there. Because <laughs> I do want to hear what the plan is there also. Um, but, yeah, no, so for, for those of you who don't know what the silo is, because I know we didn't really define it, um, I'm assuming most people here know. But, um, you know, the, the pods we've discussed at length, The silo is kind of the other option. If you are just a mere mortal user of the system and you don't want to mess around with pods, you just want to, you know, deposit your bean and get some sort of yield on it, kind of like anchor, but the yields are a lot better Then you put it in the silo. And the silo uh, has a bunch of, you know, semi, in my view, too complicated mechanisms uh, for determining how much you get. But by and large, it's the sooner you put in, the more you get, the longer you leave it there, the more you get. And that, that's, where, that's how the motivations are set up. So um, and that will be probably how 90 percent of users interact with the system. Uh, when I was using it, it was saying that I was getting somewhere between 200 percent and 300 percent APY. Depending on which liquidity pool I was in, there were four choices. Um, uh, but I was actually observing something like a thousand two hundred percent when I sort of reverse calculated what I was actually seeing. But I was given to understand the system was in sort of a, ex, an extreme growth spurt at that moment, and that was very unusual. So uh, did I get all that right?
2: The, the, <laughs> it's funny, right? There are so many different uh, nooks and crannies and complexities, but uh, you seem to have uh, really started to figure your way out through uh, the vast majority of the Mark. appreciate all of your explanations.
1: Um, I'm glad I'm able to give them. <laughs> and it's only because I've studied a lot of these different systems, right? So when I, when I came to you, it was after I'd studied, obviously, Terra and Luna, but also also Tomb on, uh, on Phantom and, uh, God, what else, MIM and uh, a new thing called Deus. And, you know, there, there's like a bunch of these things. So I'd seen similar mechanisms before. And so when I was able to sort of sort through your nomenclature, I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's like this other thing, but with this twist, right? So that was kind of how I was approaching it. It definitely helps to have studied a bunch of
2: these things. Well, and a lot of them are all similar, but with a couple twists. And at the end of the day, the twists the twists are the, what makes or breaks the model, uh, or the models, we should say. And there's a lot of different ways to do them properly. But uh, one of the cool things about the credit-based model, which is unique, at least currently, is the fact that when you have these deficiencies, you can, in a very natural way uh, – in theory, raise it back without changing substantively the state of the protocol. If that makes sense, like yeah. the debt, the debt is a, a, a substantial, sustainable way to acquire a significant amount of proto, like uh, liquidity from the protocol's perspective. So it's very interesting to watch it play out in practice. Like if you had something closer to a a Terra or a Luna system, you might you might expect something here where there's more of an OTC sale of Luna, right? a la what's happening to collateralize some of that system with Bitcoin. But in this case, the goal is to avoid some sort of OTC sale of stock by the Dow because then there wouldn't be any BDV under the stock. And so, you know, the systems are inverted in many ways, which have their own benefits and think that Luna and Terra are particularly interesting and innovative in getting around the collateral problem. But, uh, you know, it's exciting to see how the credit-based
1: model can be very complementary to that. Yeah, I thought actually, to, in my mind, when I looked at your system, the, th- the thing that really grabbed me, like for me, the headline was um, you had reinvented you'd reinvented this the stable coin methodology. The, the key insight to me was that, you know, when you do Terra and Luna, you have to burn Luna in order to make Terra. So which, you know, had the effect of reducing the supply of, of Luna. To the point where Luna started going up like crazy to the point where it's at 40 billion dollars market cap right now, because Luna becomes more and more scarce as demand for Terra goes up. Right. And it becomes Luna becomes more and more scarce and more valuable exponentially. You instead of having a different coin, which was sort of the exponential growth coin, you said the stable coin itself is the exponential growth mechanism if it is in the staked state. So staked stablecoin is the value creation token. And so you sort of combine them into one thing. And that, that was pretty insightful. I really liked that a lot. That was the thing that really grabbed me.
2: Well, I uh, appreciate that tremendously. Uh, and think that at the end of the day, the fact that you have protocol native liquidity from beans is the differentiating factor that makes there to be potentially product market fit that changes the structure of DeFi where you have positive carry stablecoins facilitating a variety of transactions that right now are obviously facilitated by negative carry stablecoins. So uh, yeah, that's the core uh, innovation, if you will, uh, from a utility perspective. But the caveat, and this is a big caveat in, from the perspective of the development that the community ultimately needs to perform going forward because of this, it's that you know the, the positive carry only takes place if the beans are in the silo, right? And right. so in practice, that means that the silo needs to be as flexible and uh, really, I think flexible is the right word, but frictionless maybe as well, uh, such that. Uh, people don't necessarily need to leave the silo and can do whatever they want across DeFi uh, such that they can continue to earn all of their beanstalk native yield and continue to use their beans. So that's where, uh, and obviously it's on pause right now because of what happened, uh, but a lot of the development that Beanstalk Farms was working on around generalized convert and generalized uh, minting and the bean farm were all related to creating utility for the silo.
1: Right. Because the, pur- the purpose of the silo is to provide liquidity for Bean and another stable or Ethereum. Is that correct? Like from your internal mechanism standpoint, anyway.
2: I would say it's not to create utility for Ethereum or for other stable coins, but it's to create utility for Beans doing things like providing liquidity for for liquidity pools and such.
1: Yeah, because as long as there's liquidity, as long as you can go to Uniswap, and give a, you know basically exchange one bean for one Ethereum one dollar worth of Ethereum, then it's worth one dollar. Like as long as that's true, it is worth one dollar, right? And that's the point of the silo. At least at least in my
2: instead opinion. of yeah. instead of collateral, if Beanstalk can attract enough liquidity in the form of other assets, such that as you said, Mark, uh, you can trade one bean for one dollar of other assets. That's exactly right. That's how stability is achieved.
1: Yes. So that's pretty awesome. I really like that too. So, okay. So we basically suffered a hack in the governance system. Um why is this never going to happen again in the new system when you boot it back up again?
2: Yeah, so never's a strong word, Mark, and I think this has been a lesson in humility for everybody in the community as to, you know, what what level of uh security is reasonable to expect from on-chain governance at the moment. And so at a high level, the thought is, uh, and even Vitalik weighed in on Twitter about this, uh, on-chain governance is particularly difficult to implement via tokens. And so from our perspective, uh, there's no rush to re-implement on-chain governance given what's happened. And the thought is to move to a community-run multi-sig and... Have, have there be off-chain governance for the foreseeable future until a much more robust and secure governance mechanism can be developed and uh, audited certainly at least once by trail of bits, hopefully, and uh, you know potentially another audit firm as well before a- anything would ever go back to on-chain governance. So the, in summary, in the short term, the on-chain governance has already been removed. The, there's already a move taking place to a, a community-run multi-sig so the the attack vectors introduced by uh, on-chain governance have already been entirely mitigated, and then it is worth noting that Beanstalk was audited, uh, you know, as recently as a couple of weeks ago. And so we do feel like the vast majority of the contract is uh, secure, both having been out in the wild for nine months and or almost nine months, and having been audited. The governance is where all of the attack vectors or the vast, vast majority of them would have appeared to have been. So the fact that it's removed uh, makes us feel a lot better about it. Now, at the end of the day, everyone does need to kind of come to a decision together, and the Dow needs to vote on whether it makes sense to relaunch Beanstalk uh, once the, the barn raise is complete, um, once this fundraise is complete, or whether it, it makes sense to wait until the Trail of Bits audit which is scheduled to start in early June. And so it would com- be completed towards the end of June uh, to wait for that, basically. So right. uh, there's something to be said for the community could make a decision, uh, you know, that it's uh, it's worthwhile to just wait an extra month or a month and a half to wait until the protocol is audited by the gold standard for computer security firms uh, before relaunching. And that's totally reasonable as well.
1: Right. Okay. So just to summarize, your answer is we ripped out the governance uh, we're not going to put it back in anytime soon, if ever. But we might. Um, I, I did see Vitalik's comments. Vitalik was Vitalik was particularly negative on coin-based governance completely. He was like, you know, no delay, no no amount of multi-chain can ever fix this. I, I don't know that I'm personally that negative on it, but without a doubt, having some sort of uh, delay that can be human-intercepted governance, you know, call it a week and there's nothing, there's nothing so burning that it has to happen, you know, in less than a week, I think uh, at, at the very least, that seems like a reasonable um, way to run it. If in fact, you're going to put governance back in, but for the time being, no governance it's just you guys and your multi-sigs, correct? Well, science? not us,
2: not us. We're actually probably not going to be on the multi-sig or even have just one of like nine or 11 keys or something. So we will not be the multi, say if that makes sense, it will be the community. Um, Got it.
1: Okay, now, so hand the keys over. Understood.
2: One thing, one thing maybe to comment is that if you think about what governance looks like for Beanstalk at scale, right? And this was something that was ultimately going to have to evolve anyways, because the hope is to at some point figure out how to leverage the credit history of Beanstalk across multiple chains, and that's a very sophisticated problem to solve for a couple of different reasons. Um, primarily, if you're harvesting beans on one chain, but you have a universal pod line, the message that beans were harvested on one chain, if you're able to corrupt that message and say, hey, a trillion beans were harvested on this chain, that can fuck the whole system. So there's a lot of risk that comes with going to other chains and having some sort of cross chain infrastructure. And once you have stuff on multiple chains, coordinating governance and protocol updates across those chains also becomes very difficult to do and would, would require some sort of off-chain coordination anyways. So the, the point is whatever governance looks like can be super robust, can be super decentralized and secure, but the amount that happens on-chain versus off-chain, that, the goal is to figure out how to have a really robust and decentralized governance process without necessarily allowing for any sort of uh, a- attack like this to ever happen again.
1: Right. And what you just described is effectively a bridge problem, which is which is, the, <laughs> which is the other great hack of the last few weeks, the Ronin bridge. So we all know bridges. Well, and, 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 and Vitalik hates bridges as well. So. Well, because they're dangerous,
2: right, for exactly this reason. And yeah. at, to that point, the thought is or the thought was prior to the attack that six months or 12 months down the road, there would have to be work done on a bean-specific Uh, bridge to communicate uh, between the different Beanstalk, because at the end of the day, if Beanstalk is going to grow to trillions of dollars of size, it's very unlikely that any one bridge is going to be large enough to secure the protocol.
1: Right. Yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah, I I do think that, you know, I said I studied other systems. One of the things I thought was super cool about MIM was uh, before its sort of semi demise, um, they did have cross-chain uh, MIM bridging with no fees and no slippage up and running, which made it extremely attractive as a stable coin that could do something that no other stable coin could do, at least to my knowledge. So I thought, you know, that, so you, you do definitely want to somehow, I think, provide I'm sure you know this. I'm sure I'm not telling you something you haven't seen yourself, but uh, that seems to be very valuable.
2: Yeah, and there really is something to be said for the elegance of both the Oracle solution that is possible and the bridging solutions that are possible because of the fact that Terra has their own node system, right, or, no, or network of nodes. So uh, a lot to be considered. One of the nice things of, of, of this, even though at the moment it is a total shit show, is that this does allow for like a grander reimagining of governance. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. So most people thought that the impossible problem or the much more difficult problem to solve was the economics problem, uh, which Beanstalk has been doing a good job of demonstrating its efficacy of solving. And so the governance is, you know, we're betting the over that the community can figure it out collectively.
1: Right. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, So getting back to I just want to go somewhere else. Uh, for a second, because I, I, I've said this on Twitter, uh, before the hack, and um, you know, sort of studying your system after I sort of figured out what all the knobs and buttons did, it seemed it seemed to me to be really complicated, right? You've, you've mentioned, oh, we're really happy that you understood it, <laughs> which means that a lot of times people don't understand it. And for it to have trillions of dollars worth of beans floating around out there, it has to somehow be ridiculously simple. And I would say that Terra and Luna... Despite whatever is wrong with it, they did. The value proposition is ridiculously simple. Put your, you know, why do you want Terra? Well, so you can put it in Anchor, so you can get twenty percent, right? You definitely will get the twenty percent. You know that now, and so that creates demand for Terra. Like something like seventy-five percent of all Terras is staked in Anchor, so that that's its primary use case, and that creates demand for Luna, right? And so the price of Luna goes up ridiculously. And, you know, even though all these things are sort of ridiculous, they're also really simple. And I I feel like being as at least the way it was born, I love the insides of it, but I don't love the outsides of it. I don't feel I feel like you, me and our our sort of Twitter friends that love DeFi will be into this, but it'll just stop growing at a certain point um, because normal people in the normal world can't understand it. What, What is your answer to that? Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? What do you you think about that? So I think this is a question of scale.
2: There's a couple of things. First, to get... Rome wasn't built in a day, Mark, as I'm sure you know. And so to seed a strong decentralized community of DeFi people first, uh, this has had, a you know, the the lingo and the memes have had a very strong effect. Uh, That doesn't mean that it will be easy for a billion users to understand the memes however i would push back and say that from our perspective the nature of beanstalk is so novel and the structure of pods are so novel and the structure of stock is novel such that all of the metaphor is really designed to make it easier not harder to understand even if there is a veil that needs to be pierced once you once you break that veil uh we do think it's very, the metaphor is very helpful. Now with that said, think a, the metaphor can be refined B, there can be a lot of supplemental materials produced that uh, don't include any of the metaphor. Uh, there needs to be manpower to do that. And being in stock farms, was growing such that that at some point could have been possible, but now that might be a little bit on hold. I mean, in short, it's definitely complicated, but I, I, it's designed, you know, the, the language that's been used to to communicate how beanstalk works is really designed to make it as simple as possible to understand. I know that may I mean it's it's a complicated system. So uh it's tough. But at the end of the day, the question is, is it is it fair to oversimplify? Right? Is it is it reasonable or honest to oversimplify to make people feel like, Oh yeah, I get it. But leave out some very important details, and at least from our perspective, uh, as Publius, our our role is much more to err on the side of including all of the information and all of the details. And then, uh, you know, if other people want to summarize, that's up to them. But uh, you know, we don't want to leave out any relevant information when we're talking about beanstalk.
1: Yeah, I I, look. I agree with your, um, you know, your basic tenet to be transparent. And to allow all of those, all of us who do understand this sort of thing um, to see all the cogs and wheels and be like, oh, so that's how, oh, okay, now I get how that works. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to piece a lot of it together. I still don't totally understand why, and I'm just going to ask this now because I would I have you in front of me. So when I was puzzling through it, I do understand that when you put, um, when you put Bean into the silo, you earn Seed. And then the seeds produce stock. And the more seeds you have, the more stock accru- stock accrues over time. And, and I guess it was just sort of the... I, I didn't say why seed and stock couldn't just be one thing, but maybe, maybe one encapsulates time and the other one encapsulates the amount of bean you put in. I guess that's why. But it just sort of seemed like, why, why am I getting these two things? Does that make sense?
2: So... The long and the short of it is originally the main question was just how to create this opportunity cost that is created from the stock that grows from seeds that need to be forfeited when you withdraw. Now, the original idea for seeds was, was conceived as an accounting tool first, um, such that it was an easy way to account for uh, users deposits, but, and this is no longer the case, uh, or at least we don't think this is any longer the case, Uh, the original idea after the accounting idea was conceived was that you could have stock and seeds become liquid, and then you had this very nice interplay between people trading stock and seeds as some sort of uh, expectation of when bean seniorage was going to take place, if that makes sense. So even though now we don't necessarily think it makes sense for seeds to be liquid, that's where the original idea came from. Now, going forward, as Beanstalk migrates to some sort of gauge system, in theory, uh, one might expect the seeds to be
1: obfuscated, but uh, probably not. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I do. Look, I do like having a version of this where I can see, you know, see inside the engine. There, there are some people who, there are a lot of people who love to uh, buy a car, open up the engine, and see how everything works. And you want that to be a bit, you know, you want the hood to be able to pop open and you want the engine to you want there to be a manual and you want to be an engine that's understandable for those people, which is us people. Um, But the vast majority of people, they just want to drive the car. (laughs) Right. And for to get mass adoption, that's kind of at some point that that'll just have to be something you guys provide. But sounds like you guys know that.
2: And there's a whole team uh, at Beanstuff Farms working on the brand and how to better explain this to people than we can.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Um, well, I don't think I have any more questions on my end, so I, I, I guess I'm done. Say it ain't so, Mark. Say it ain't so. Yeah, well, I, you know, like, I, I'm sort of question exhausted, I guess. Um, so, what, what, I mean, do you guys want to take some questions from the audience?
4: Uh,
0: I had one question for you, Mark, before I didn't get a chance to ask. Where did you
1: come across Beanstalk? How did you, how did you find it? Um, let me think. I, you know, I think probably Twitter. Twitter is sort of um, where I spend. I don't spend I try not to spend time in telegram <laughs> I'm forced there sometimes because uh, it's just so chaotic <laughs> but but in Twitter is sort of you know I, I, I just I've been doing it for longer I have a stronger presence there um, and 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 I'm following I'm following a lot of interesting people there so I, I can I can tend to sort through new information faster so I'm pretty sure I saw some people tweeting about it and usually when I see something sort of float past me, three times i you know say, wow that okay that might be a thing i should probably go have a look at that and i probably saw it four or five times in one sitting i was like all right i need to, I need to have a look at this so probably- yeah, that's kind
0: of that's kind of my approach too um i i i think probably a lot of people here um hey uh, i just brought on uh ryan for uh a question ryan is uh, one of our one of our core team
5: Hey Mark, first of all, thanks for doing this. I mean, this was fantastic. I really enjoyed the conversation, Publius. Thank you as always. Um, so, not so much a question, but Mark, to your point about like this scaling question and, and going from this core team of you know folks that are really really into DeFi and really want to look under the proverbial hood. Um, what goes through my mind is, you know, what will you know, right now we've got, you know, let's say we've got 2,000 users or or whatever that are that that core DeFi. As we move outward and that number of users increases, I think we'll move away from the crowd that might be looking at this as an investment tool more towards the crowd that's looking at at it from more of a pure utility standpoint. So, you know, a lot of the discussions we've had around like negative versus positive carry and the utility of the coin are around the idea that, hey, you know what, I can actually use a bean to do a thing and it will work effectively. And I almost think that as as, as the, the protocol continues to grow, we're gonna see more and more people that are saying, Hey, I'm I'm not looking at this to make a ton of money. I want to I want to bet on a football game and I'm gonna be able to use bean to do that on auger or whatever. And, you know see more and more utility opportunities i think that's where part of that scaling's gonna happen
1: yeah no i, I mean look it's just you know we all know that there's utility for a dollar <laughs> right it's just a question of where it's accepted so um the, i guess it's just building up a bunch of places where your stable coin is accepted people use you know tether is sort of the most accepted stablecoin on on Binance and exchanges uh, around the world, right? A lot of them just operate on Tether only. So it's got utility as a dollar in those settings. And the more sort of places you guys can find for there to be utility for Bean or it's recomposed uh, with other protocols and things, the better. So although weirdly, Luna and Terra have gotten away with being a one-trick pony, right? You don't really, you know, UST... Really has one trick, and that's to make you twenty percent a year. It's on a it's on a uh, blockchain that only has seventeen other protocols, right? Which is very unlike Phantom or Avalanche or even Ethereum that have hundreds of different protocols with which uh, things can be recomposed with one another. So um, weirdly, Luna has escaped. With I mean, tell me if you disagree, but it looks to me like Luna has escaped without a, a terribly large amount of utility.
5: I, th- I think that's fair, and um, you know, I want to give to that to that point. I want to give a quick shout out to the Bean Sprout crew and and really a number of other folks that are core contribu- contributors that are working on that exact question of like, how do we increase utility? Is it through, you know, is it through partnering with other protocols? Is it through working on things like? you know, like NFT marketplaces where, you know, bean can be used, like all these ideas are floating around to, to do exactly that, to build that utility.
1: Yeah, I agree. Totally agree with that. Well, and from um, our
2: perspective, the, the negative carry costs, they, they're pervading all across DeFi. And it, it's unclear all of the nooks and crannies that having negative carry costs affect at the moment. And the switch to positive carry costs can really present a, a fundamental shift in the structure of the landscape of uh,
1: of DeFi and don't think we're overstating it there. Yeah, let me also bring one, one, one last thing up that's also been sort of on my mind. I understand why the silo is providing me with 200 to 300% APY. I get it. I believe it. It's working. The mechanism is beautiful. From a consumer's point of view, it sounds like bullshit. Right. You see something that says 200, 300 percent APY. You just go, well, that can't be real. And I think that, you know, Luna's our U.S. You know, I hate to go back to it every time, but, you know, 20 percent. Even that seems somewhat miraculous, but it's at least swallowable. Um, and I do worry that like sort of getting consumer adoption because they just don't believe that 200 to 300 percent is real. They'll they'll just they just won't invest in it. because They're like, oh, this has got to be a scam. They're going to take my money at some point down the road. Like, I, I think that's a real thing also, even though it's terrible, right? Cause you're, you're, you're taking money away from the consumer that they could have, but I just feel like most people won't believe it. So do with that what you will, but that's sort of my, my two cents on that. Well, and,
2: and the too good to be true aspect of it is fair. Uh, and I think it's reasonable for people to be skeptical. And it's unfortunate that given the attack, people may be even more skeptical, although it's always healthy to be skeptical, but we'll just say Beanstalk is one of the very few systems, in our opinion, that are designed to be as fair to everyone as humanly possible and not to make us, the founders or anyone, you know, the earliest adopters, just, just make us rich. Uh, it's designed to make any of the participants uh, able to, to participate in the general success of the protocol in a very equitable fashion. And I think that that's one of the key differentiators between the protocol and uh, in practice, uh, is probably one of the reasons why there are so many people that now, even with what's going on, are not ready to let the protocol die because they feel like they own, you know, their owners and it's their protocol, and it's very reasonable to feel that way.
1: Yeah, that's actually a great point. I, I you know, you're, you're making it, but uh, a lot of people may not realize this. Unlike Terra and Luna, you know, like when they booted up and they booted, or well, even Frax, right? When you booted up Frax for the very first time. You know, Sam could, and I think he did, <laughs> uh, mint a whole bunch of FXS, you know, for himself and the team. And, uh, you know, same thing is true of Luna. When they booted that up, you know, whatever percentage of it went to Doe and his team. Uh, you guys didn't do that because you couldn't do that because the protocol is designed to only create... Well, we main... could have done it. We could have done it. We
2: elected not to.
1: Yeah, you could have designed not. it.
2: Yeah, fair enough. So When the protocol launched, when it deployed, we could have said send a hundred beans to this wallet and a hundred beans to that wallet and a hundred beans to this wallet and 10,000 beans to that wallet. Uh, but, uh, we elected to have the system run totally clean. And, uh, just like everybody else, the only way we were able to get exposure to the protocol was by buying and participating like truly just like everybody else. So felt like from a first principles perspective, that was a great way to show, you know, there is no, uh, there is no, uh, first class, uh, there is no first class or, or, or anything like that in Beanstock, and everyone is equal. And uh, that's something, you know, we're very proud of.
1: Agreed. I saw that and it was the fairest of fair launches. Totally agree with that. And I applaud you for it. So. Uh,
0: I wanted to uh, bring up Cesar. Uh, for Caesar' do you I, have a question?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, a, I have a question at the end, but I also have some statements to make on some of the things uh, Mark has said. Um, first of all, uh, I've been studying Beanstalk for quite some time now, so it's almost the genesis, like quite a long time. And uh, you are right that the UX is it is a puzzle, right? It takes quite a bit to like. I still find I still click on things. I still read little like pop-up descriptions, and I'm like, what does this exactly mean? And then I start thinking about it. And but I think this problem could be solved with like a like a light version, just like a switch to light and just have like silo. And that's pretty much it, just like swap and silo. Some sort of light version might, might s- solve that. And to speak on the problem of like, you know, people can't swallow 230% or actual like 1,000% because like <clears throat> the APR was like historical. It wasn't like up to date. It was based on past, right? And that's basically the way most APRs are. However, when I first got into it, it was zero percent and then it went to thirty and then it went to sixty and then it went to two hundred and thirty. And I think the last time I saw it was like three hundred and sixty or something. Now that's because it was in heavy growth phase and the peg was quite high. But if it's in once it stabilizes and goes to super high, then I don't think it would be printing at such a high rate unless there's more and more and more demand coming in, right? And you know, that would be up to the team to try to find use cases so that the demand can keep growing, right? Now, the question I do have for Populous is you always use the word positive carry, and I haven't actually got a nice good definition of this. Does this just mean yield bearing? Like, is it just interest bearing or yield bearing? Like, what exactly can you define positive yeah, carry
2: costs, carrying costs are just, you know, what it, what it costs to hold a position. And the idea is that if you're holding a bean possession, position, there's some sort of positive yield associated with that.
6: Okay, so yeah, so basically it's another way to call it like interest-bearing in a sense, right? Correct. Okay, that's it.
2: And, you know, it is really amazing, just to hop onto that, Caesar. all of the different things that are created from that positive carry. Uh, If you look at something like Anchor and having a fixed yield protocol, uh, beans are also very suitable for something like that, where you can imagine a protocol, and there was, a, there was chatter before the uh, attack, uh, hopefully this protocol will continue to be built, uh, called Root, uh, that was going to offer a similar fixed yield uh, product on bean deposits, but because beans have positive carry, uh, it's actually a very unique relationship that Root is facilitating, where people who are taking the other side of that trade are really just Uh, betting that the yield from the silo is going to exceed whatever the fixed rate is, if that makes sense. And it's incredibly capital efficient because let's say you want to guarantee for a year a 25% return on 100,000 beans. In order to guarantee that for a year, you only need to lock up 25,000 additional beans. So somebody can, in a super capital efficient way, take some sort of call option on or a future on the yield for the silo over that period of time. So Lots of really interesting derivatives and other stuff that can in theory be built on top of a positive carry stable coin and
1: really hope that uh, this is just the beginning. That is super interesting. So guaranteed 25% yield for one party and then the other party is just whatever's left over of the yield I get uh, or for whatever reason that yield doesn't materialize, then the party that's getting the 25%, it comes out of what I put up. On my side of the bat, I've seen things like this before. They work really well. That's super interesting. That would solve the problem of the user interface for the app. Average- how, about, how about that? How about that? That would work. The grandma and grandpa
6: Yeah, there's I've actually also- quite a few protocols that offer this same system of like fixed yield versus speculating on future yield, like. Uh, I've done quite a few researches on several of them and they, they tend to follow the same type of pattern of like two token ideas where one person gets a, the fixed yield and the other person basically pays, guarantees that fixed yield while getting the, uh, the possibility of even more yield.
0: Mark, we've also discussed before the possibility of having two different interfaces. So one for a little bit more of like the power user that explains everything and the other one. You know, just having a more basic um, kind of savings account
1: that you could do. Yeah, absolutely. That would be very, very helpful for your growth. <laughs> I think for sure. The AOL Simple, simple. You know, you guys are probably a little young for that, but you know what I mean. Well, Beanstalks are primitive, Mart.
2: You can only make it so simple. But at the end of the day, the hope is all sorts of tech is going to be built on top of Beanstalk that makes it accessible to a whole variety of different
1: audiences. Yeah, completely concur. This root thing's a great idea, for sure.
0: Okay, I'm bringing up uh, Toji.eth, who's been
4: very patient. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm in the gym now, so if you hear machines going, I'm so sorry. I'm going to try and be as brief as I can. First of all, thank you guys. thank you for bringing me up. Thank you to the Bean team. You guys have been weathering the storm very well. Um, and it's really cool to be in the same space as Caesar. Great guy. Love all your videos. Um, my main question that I wanted to bring up is I'm a DJ at heart and I believe in, I believe in um, beans as a whole. I see it as a great opportunity to buy bean right now at 0.3, because I believe uh, it will get to back to one. Is that the goal to get the peg back to a dollar or is, or are we relaunching with a different um, point? So, because of
2: the level of the corruption of the bean token, uh, from the attack, uh, there's going to need to be a new bean token issued by Beanstalk. So, in short, the current bean token is is dead. Even if Beanstalk, is very much alive.
4: Gotcha, gotcha. That's interesting. So, how how does that work for current um, bean holders, the people the people that never let go?
2: Well, they will get uh the idea is that Beanstalk should honor all the state of Beanstalk prior to the attack, effectively. With a haircut. Interesting. And then
4: my last question, and uh, not necessarily on my DJ side, I would like—I'd like to know—how um, did you guys fund fund this? And as a as a potential DM myself and wanting to be a dam, how did you guys, I, I, as as I've read? no vcs no no um they the you fun guys do? Man. what do you like
2: what's there there are no costs what did it cost to deploy beanstalk on mainnet like four grand i don't know that's the cost
4: interesting and you say you guys just it was just would you say you're a, how do i say that would you say you're a full-time team the time or a part-time team or we there spent is. like nine months
2: with almost all of our effort to, to working on Beanstalk prior to launching.
4: I think that's, that's interesting to tell. I I love it. Uh, well, thank you, thank you for bringing me up. That's all my questions. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you thanks, much. thanks thank man. You totally.
0: I think Toji forgot to ask his last question, which is, "What's a D-Gen like him to do for?"
4: <laughs> yes. For, you yes. know, for a relaunch. Exactly. Yes, he he took words out of mouth.
2: So the thought is. Uh, I think Beanstalk Farms is preparing lots of information about the plan that's being put together, and there will be more information for, everyone, for the DJ and you to read about uh, how to participate in the auction and the, well, I guess the bidding process and or the sewing process
4: prior to the restart. Boom, boom, boom. I love it. You guys are, you guys are amazing.
2: Thank you, sir. It takes a village.
0: Okay, we got
7: t Hey, what's up, everyone? So my questions have kind of like indirectly been answered. Because uh, Mark was kind of... t is
4: more? Oh, no. Yeah, no, no.
7: I I came up with a new one. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was kind of when Mark was talking about the uh, complexity of Beanstalk and kind of the model of how current users are interacting with it. And since that point in the conversation, you guys have done a really good job of highlighting um, right now, we're building Bean and stock, but then we're going to start focusing on building on top of Beanstalk and layering these new types of simpler abstractions and user interfaces on top of the core protocol itself in order to make it accessible and to scale this thing out. Uh, kind of in line with that theme, uh, this question is directly directed at Publius. Um, what utility-focused aspect of the roadmap is? Um, are you most excited about moving forward? It's kind of a, an optimistic question after we uh, revive this thing.
2: So to me, I thought that the generalized bean farm, or as we were starting to call it, the farm, uh, and we were so close, even the white paper was being drafted for it, uh, was something that was really going to be revolutionary in DeFi and hopefully still will be, such that if we had this LUSD pool live, and let's say it was even – whitelisted on the curve gauge, uh, which at this point does sound like a little bit of a fairy tale. Uh, it's a, certainly a long way into the future. Well, it, you know, Hopefully it'll happen again soon, but uh, it was a lot closer uh, a few days ago. The idea is that people could, in a single transaction, take their harvestable beans, sell them into ETH, deposit that ETH in a liquidity trove, mint LUSD against that liquidity trove, add that LUSD to an LUSD bean pool, uh, deposit the LP tokens for that LUSD bean pool in Convex for CVX LUSD bean, and deposit that CVX LUSD bean in the silo, all in a single transaction. And to me, that's pretty fucking cool. If you consider how the normal flow in DeFi is, that would take, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten transactions
8: uh,
3: with yeah, approvals
2: and new- stuff. Uh, that's a really dramatic change in the UX across uh, DeFi.
7: Can you even imagine the yields on that token? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's fantastic. Well, thanks for for answering the question.
1: That is super cool. I agree.
2: The tech is cool as fuck, guys. It's just a shame that, uh, you know, there's been this uh, slight hiccup. But I think in the long run, Beanstalk and all of us will be much better for it. Because uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And uh, Beanstalk does not appear to be dead. By the hundred plus people in this chat, by the hundreds of people in the calls over the previous couple of days, by the amount of endless dialogue in the Discord and stuff uh, over the past couple of days, uh, certainly not dead yet.
0: The rumors of our death are greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Jack, you're next.
7: Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. I actually think all this is super, super bullish for Bean. Um, I did a bunch of research about three months ago, waited. April 16th, I put in 41000 and of course this happened, but I'm still super bullish on Bean. As part of the research, I went into all your articles and documents and everything else. This is now also part of the public record. And I've learned more about being in the past three days because of this exploit and everything that's going on. Uh,
2: If I, if I find some more money, I'll be putting some more money in. So good on you guys. It's awesome. Well, appreciate those kind words tremendously, Jack. And, uh, we've always tried even when we were anonymous to be as open and honest as humanly possible. And that certainly hasn't changed. So very excited about the, uh, additional eyes and ears looking at being stuck and hoping to make the most of this opportunity
7: you're on on track doing good
0: toji I, I see you requested again and i just thought i'd bring you back on if you had a a question you forgot Or maybe not. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, we got Adam coming
9: on. Hey, guys. I want to ask a really oversimplifying question. And hopefully the theoretical clears people's minds. Let's say, in theory, I had $100 in bean, whatever, a week before the exploit. And then in the bidding process... I put a, an independent hundred dollars in, let's say it's two people or two wallets. I'm curious, again, a theoretical, we throw a year out. What does that first wallet who lost a hundred look like? And what does that second wallet that invested the hundred from the rebuilding look like in comparison?
2: I mean, the short answer is Adam, unfortunately it's too simplified to give you a good answer because it's dependent on what percentage of the $76 million stock is able to raise. Uh, and it's also dependent on what the growth in Bean seniorage is over the next year. So it's, it's just very hard to speculate. It's also dependent on the yield you get for lending for the fundraiser.
9: Sure. I think the concept I'm missing is just, I mean, let's say, I don't know, there's a half haircut. I, I'm just wondering how the order gets paid out in the new investor wallet versus the leftover reconciliation of the the individual who's burned.
2: Well, I, again, I just, I think there's too many variables to speculate like in a, in a concise fashion.
1: Can I, can I try to answer it? Cause I, I think I understand enough please, to answer it. Please, 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 <laughs> and you can tell me, tell me if you. I'm wrong, but yeah. No, so, so let's just say they raised like half of the amount that they lost. Right. So, so 50%. So uh, the wallet that had a hundred dollars in it when new bean is issued, uh, 50 bean will magically appear now uh, in that wallet. Did I get that right? I'm, I'm
9: with you. This is exactly the explanation I was hoping for.
1: Yes.
2: So yeah. you'll, if, if the fundraiser is 50% completed, everyone gets a 50% haircut. That's exactly correct.
1: Yeah. Or you get your 50% back, which is a better way to say it. But so, a year later, it's so hard to say a year later. Yeah. It's, I get it. I get it. it's, it's hard to come out. Of, it's hard coming out of your mouth right now. I understand. So yeah, so 50 new so 50 new bean will appear in the wallet that you know, that when it's when it's reissued that previously held 100 old bean. Yep. And then whatever, and then you have another wallet that's in the silo, you know, same thing. It'll it'll basically be reinstituted with 50 bean. Uh, but the cool thing is, is that if we get like the 200 to 300 um, percent APY kind of going and it grows fast, that could grow back to its full
9: hundred bean in, in not very much time. If this I'm thing works. totally with you. Yeah, I guess what I was missing is the fact of is there priority to that older wallet? Both wallets have whatever fifty bean now. No, is there priority, no priority between the two? There is no priority between
1: the two. Right. You just get
9: the like credit based on like whatever the fundraise was because you were in it before.
1: Right. So remember, they're raising what. What really backs the coin right now is the amount of liquidity. Right. So. They just won't they don't want a situation where, you know, if they gave you the full one hundred back and they did that for everybody, now there's twice as much coin out there as there is liquidity. So if there's a run on the bank in that situation, you know, all the liquidity gets destroyed and now we're right back to where we started from. So that's a bad idea. Right. So that's what they're trying to protect
5: against.
3: Okay, cool. Thanks, guys.
8: All
2: folks. I gotta hop in just a couple minutes, but this uh, maybe we'll take one more question, if one or two more questions, if there are uh, interest.
0: Sure, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I just brought up uh, Victor here. Victor, are you there?
3: Victor Scott. That's a good name. Yeah. Um, Good day, gentlemen. Can you hear me? Yes. How's it going? Good, good, guys. Um, Thank you for for the efforts uh, and the leadership shown so far regarding the exploit and uh, for the um, rolling uh, communication you've had so far with the various uh, platforms. Um, I've got a couple of questions uh, regarding... First of all, I just want you to give colour with regards to, uh, is there have, has there any been uh, venture capitalists or large uh, worth or large investors or high worth individuals to look at buying large stakes that have been approached? And then the other thing I want you to ask: uh, has the is what is what are the special incentives that you have in the mind? to attract large investment, uh, high net worth individuals uh, into looking at perhaps taking a stake in the beam, And also, I want you to ask, to, 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 to answer a question regarding, uh, is three days that you propose to attract capital long enough in, in view of the 76 million? Is, is, is three days not too short? Are you looking at perhaps a week or two weeks? Uh, what is the preparation to make sure that the fundraising is 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 a success? Thank you. So, um, with re- a lot of
2: this was already covered, so we'll keep it a little bit brief. But the there hasn't been basically any significant VC investment into Beanstalk to date. There have been some seven-figure investments, particularly over the past two or three weeks while Beanstalk was blowing up in a good way before it blew up in a bad way. Um, you know, in terms of how to attract VCs, particularly in the case of this fundraiser, I uh, feel like the structure that's being discussed is very attractive. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're excited about hopefully how much interest there will be. And with regards to the, the question around three days – well, the hope is to have this bidding process, which will be a week prior to the auction, such that uh, you won't have a very, very short period of time.
3: Okay, understood. Um, then I wanted to know, uh, uh, with regards to uh, the, the exit clause, let's say, uh, if, if, if the, the, the parallel clause, I, know that, I, don't know, I don't know if you've answered this or if somebody has answered the question what is the exit clause? I mean, for the guys not to dump and, uh, you know, their beans on us and what have you. And so, bring it down. Um,
2: let's say you have assets in the silo um, and it's good to restate it anyways. Um, if the amount of funds that are paid off in the new pod line, that will basically determine the amount of the haircut if you withdraw early. So if you wait to withdraw any of your assets from the silo until 100% of the new pod line from the barn raise is paid off, then we, you know, in theory under this plan, uh, you would not uh, forfeit any of your assets. But if you withdrew when only one percent of the new pod line had been paid off, then you'd forfeit 99% of your assets.
3: Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I need to understand. Let's assume there's a VC that does come and at, at, gets attracted, and buys the pods. At you say he says no, I'll I'll pay, I'll, I'll give a check for I'll, I'll buy the seventy six million. Is there going to be a clause for him once it's paid off that he doesn't come to the market and dump that whole seventy six million while the oh the, the, that doesn't matter But
2: in theory under this auction model, uh, Beanstalk is going to have a wide variety of participants in the pod line. And when pods harvest beanstalk, it's very comfortable with people selling them on the market. So there's no reason for any sort of terms or things like that.
3: All right. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Victor. Yeah, of course.
3: All right.
0: Okay. Well, uh, we have one more question. Um, We'll knock it over to Bean Sprout.
9: Hey, 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 Dumpling. Uh, Just because we know Publius has to go here in a minute. I was wondering... um, I don't want to put Bean Toven here on the spot, but would it be possible to, to get a little bit of a live performance for the, for everybody, uh, to, to kind of take us home here? It
0: so it'd be amazing so, if he's near his guitar.
2: So before we head out though, just want to say, uh, I know being really hard at work, putting together a lot of documentation to describe what the plan is and, uh, how it works and stuff. So, uh, that will hopefully be published in the not too distant future. So keep an eye out for all of that. And, uh, you know we look forward to continuing the discussion tomorrow in the Dow meeting and
1: uh, Mark just want to say thank you so much for having us well thank you for inviting me and uh, most of all thank you for your efforts you know you guys are you know you guys are Jedi and you live by the lightsaber and sometimes when you do that you get your hand chopped off uh, but uh, <laughs> then after then after that you go you go on and you blow up a death star so here's the blowing <laughs> up the death star
2: in, oh, awesome. In, Indeed, well, we appreciate those That's kind good. words, Mark, and, uh, you know, we're, uh, we and the rest of the Bean community are, are, you know, we're all hard at work to try to get this thing back up and running, so
8: talk soon, everybody.
0: Okay, song, song, song. What do you have for us, Bean
8: Townman? Hey, everybody, can you all hear me okay?
0: Yeah, you sound great.
8: Great, great. Well, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm, uh, I am I run audio for, for Beanstalk, and I'm also the, the resident Bean Bard. Um, So got a little song just about uh, the times that we've we've had lately and, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, drum up some support with this. Well, the farm was working wonders, a bean's future looking bright, with so many happy farmers getting richer overnight. Yeah, we were burning up the pod lines, we were minting to the nines, we were hooting and a-hollering and feeling mighty fine. Well, that exploit knocked us on our backs and they thought that we'd stay down, but the hat's back on the head and seed's already in the ground. Why we've fallen on some hard times. I ain't saying it ain't so. We've had ups and downs and then just ups up to several days ago. And that bean printer is quiet. And I think that it's a sin. We gotta pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and plug it right back in. Well, the silo's looking empty because of some slimy hacker cuss. But the beans are only beans. The real riches lay in us. It's the farm that makes the beans grow, and I think we all agree. We did it once in just six months. We can do it again in three. So come down to the barn raise, we're working through the night. And when it's up, we'll raise our cup, and then it's back on with the fight. Because our work is never over till the stocks all reach the moon. So come on down to the barn raise, and we'll all be laughing
3: soon.
8: <laughs> wow right. that was incredible
5: <laughs>
8: thanks everybody thank you for indulging that <laughs> uh, did, did I hear we get a new one soon too oh yeah they're, they're churning out So as, as soon as I can <laughs> write them and record them they're, they're, you'll, you'll hear them that's awesome
0: alright well guys this is really fun uh i think this was maybe our best uh best twitter spaces yet so look forward to a lot more of them and uh yeah have a good night everyone thanks for coming by